We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am your host, Sarah Kelleher, here with Dusty Evely and Steve Perhatch, as always. But today we're joined by a special guest. We're welcoming back Matt Schneidman from The Athletic. Matt, super glad you're here with us. You were on the show a few months ago before the season started. Obviously, a lot has happened since then. Your first year covering the team. Just how was it? How was year one of living in Green Bay, covering the team, and work? <laughs> Just working the beat. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I had pretty high expectations, given it's given it's the Packers, and uh, the season even exceeded my expectations. I love living in Green Bay. I say that as I'm currently in my childhood bedroom in Wilton, Connecticut, <laughs> taking some vacation time with family or some off time before heading to the Combine in Indy in a couple weeks. But I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think I've said this before, but living in Green Bay reminded me of going to Syracuse. It just feels like a college town and that the only reason or the only thing that really gets people going there is the Packers. And that's like the, what the city revolves around. And, you know, when I lived in San Francisco and Oakland covering the Raiders the last two years, that was not the case. So that was really cool to see. Obviously it was cool covering a winning team, a lot of big personalities in that locker room as well. So I, I couldn't have been happier with how my first year went. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty awesome to just see and have talked to you before the season and then see all the great work that you did, you know, during the season. I know 
Packers fans argue about everything on Twitter, but I think one <laughs> thing that they agreed on was that you were such a great addition to a lot of the coverage. So I know as Packer fans, we're all lucky to have you, and um, and just your talent of covering the team has been really great. So kind of now diving into some Packers news. Today, today Devon House, or yesterday, sorry, we're recording the day before, but yesterday, Devon House announced that he was retiring as a Packer. So, Dusty and Steve and Matt, if you want to chime in, feel free. What are kind of your reactions to this? Go ahead. I'll give it to you guys first. My initial reaction was just, that's that's cool. Um, but also, <laughs> Devon House was like, what, six of his eight years in Green Bay. Um, never like a standout star. Like, he was he was better than Ladarius Gunter. That's, that's <laughs> cool. I like him. I have zero issue with him. Just the retiring as a Packer, I always think of like borderline Packer Hall of Famer, if not, no doubt, Packer Hall of Famer. But I like Nevada House. That's fine. That's fine. That's like me me uh, just like, hey, I'm going to retire as my first job that I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. No, I mean, he was a he was a good Packer player. Like, it's outstanding, but doesn't really move the meter for me. Um like he 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 filled in when need be, and that was about the best thing you could say about Devon House. So, um, Matt, do you have anything you want to add? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't cover him, but just looking at the three guys who have officially retired as Packers <laughs> this this season, it went from Jordy Nelson to Josh Sitton to Devon House. So he kind of started really really high. And then Josh Sitton, obviously, I think is worthy tailed off a little bit. of that. And then it, I think it just tailed off. That was my one takeaway. I mean, it's nice. It's nice for him to get some closure on his career, obviously, where he wants it to uh, officially end. But no no grandiose press conference like we had with, with Jordy or Josh earlier this season. We might be like two weeks removed from Tony Fisher saying he's retiring as a member of the Green Bay Packers and just... just... Tony Brown? <laughs> I'd take it. I'd take it. Tony Brown, too. All right, Matt. Um, so I want to know your first complete year living in Green Bay. What was like the highest of the highs, and what was like the lowest of the lows for you? Um, let's see. The highest of the highs, I would just have to say, getting to drive up Lombardi every day to go to work. I mean, I think that's something I take. I even took for granted, and obviously, a lot of. Uh, I don't want to put words in people's mouths or I don't really know the direction they take to work every day, but for a lot of the guys, as you guys know, have been covering the team for decades. And I just think it's really cool. This is arguably the most iconic uh, athletic venue in professional sports history, maybe. And, and, you know, that drive up Lombardi on a Tuesday morning, or not Tuesday since they're off on Tuesdays, on a Thursday morning when everything's quiet and big game's coming up, it's, it's really cool. So I would say... Uh, I, I came to really appreciate that. The worst thing, I mean, saying the snow would be the easy way out. We didn't really have too many bad snowfalls, but I would say my small silver Toyota Corolla's tires in the snow. I mean, <laughs> I had never driven in snow because I didn't have a car when Oof. I went to Syracuse. So if we needed to go to the grocery store, my friends would drive me around. I, I've never driven in snow, so this was my first experience. My tires, not ready for it. But, you know, I, I never fully skidded out. I would, you know, lose control a little bit, not to my doing, but able to regain control. That wasn't fun. So I would probably say that was the worst. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. I mean, <laughs> I've never had to deal with 
driving in the snow or the snow really in general, but just whenever I see pictures or I have relatives that live in Wisconsin and they'll post on Facebook, oh, it took me three hours to get to work today. And I'm like, that's just awful. I'm (laughs) glad that I don't have to deal with that. (laughs) All right, Steve, was that your first question or did you have another one? No, that was my first question. Okay. All right, so... My first question is, in your opinion, what was the most complete game for Green Bay this past season? That's a good question. Um, the most complete game. I would probably say their 23-10 to 10 win over the Vikings in Week 16. I mean, throughout the entire season, we saw Aaron Jones run well, but Rodgers was bad, or... The defense play well. I'll give an example. Aaron Jones playing really well. Dallas, Carolina, Kansas City, and Rodgers didn't really do much. We'd see the defense come up big against, you know, Chicago, Washington, Chicago week one and, and week 15. We'd see Rodgers play really well against Oakland, but they never really put it together. And I know Rodgers wasn't great that Minnesota game. He did have that interception, but he did enough. And the kicking game was good. Mason had a couple of field goals in the first half. Aaron Jones had, uh, I believe it was two touchdown runs that game. Zadarius and Kenny were outstanding that game. And, and although, you know, they only scored 23 points, ideally for uh, to say the, the passing game was, was complete, it would probably have to be more. But considering some of the uneven performances they, they turned in throughout the season, I would probably have to say, Everything considered, the venue, what was at stake, I would probably have to say that Week 16 Monday night game in Minnesota. Cool. Yeah, that's a solid pick. That was a really fun game. Um, we got uh, You're going to be hit with a handful of draft stuff, Matt. I'm not sure how big of a, a draft guy you are. I assume you have to cover it, so you, you know yeah. you know what you're talking about. Um, so I'm gonna I'm actually just going to start off. My first one is just going to be, uh, so how closely, how closely do you follow it? How much do you kind of dive into individual prospects, and who is your current draft crush? That's not even necessarily yeah. who do you think they're going to take in round one, but just who are you just absolutely head over heels in love with? I think this is the, you know, easy answer out, but even before I knew the Packers were picking 30th, I, I, I like watching college football every Saturday, and I really thought Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma stood out to me when I would yeah. watch Oklahoma games. <laughs> I know that's like the common draft crush for Packer fans, um, and honestly, I'm not even making this up. Like, when I would watch him, I would be like, you know, this is a guy that could really help this team. And I would not put it past Goody if he's still available at 23. Listen, he could go as high as number 12 to the Raiders, who yeah. haven't had a middle linebacker in 9,000 years. But <laughs> I think if he's still available at 23 is the magic number I'll put it at. Goody's going to start picking up the phone and start seeing how, how far he's going to want to trade up because I think um, this team I, – I think the writing is on the wall for Blake Martinez. I think we can all agree with that yeah. at Goody's end-of-season press conference – you know, he spoke highly of Bulaga, Tremont, Mason, the D-line even. But with Blake, he said, you know, Blake's contract is up. We're going to have to figure everything out there. That's essentially saying he's gone, and I think we all knew that. And he's going to get paid a lot somewhere else good for him. But uh, inside linebackers, their number one need. I think Kenneth Murray would be the ideal fit. I like the Queen guy, for Patrick Queen from LSU. I don't know if they would take him at number 30. I could see them trading back early into the second round for him if they are set on taking an inside linebacker uh, with their first pick. And then obviously if, if Bulaga walks, that could 
F up their whole uh, first pick plans, and they should obviously be hell-bent on taking uh, a future starting right tackle because that position is probably uh, more important than an inside linebacker, I would say, given the other options they have in-house to potentially fill that spot. You made Steve very happy with that answer. (laughs) (laughs) I have been clamoring for an inside linebacker for about 17 years, so... (laughs) Um, one of my biggest questions, I wanted to know what you think the Packers are going to do in free agency. You know, they made the biggest splash, uh, I mean, of my entire lifetime this last year. Like, what what do you think they're going to do? Are they actually going to do some big things? Are they going to be quiet? Are they going to go inside linebacker? Are they going to wide receiver? Like, what do you think they're actually going to be doing this uh, for the free agency period? Yeah, uh, Aaron Nagler got really angry at me when I said this on his show a couple <laughs> weeks ago, but um, my gut feeling, and this is not based on people I've talked to or whatever, I just have a feeling they are going to go after Eric Ebron in free agency. I think. I can see why that would piss people <laughs> off. Yeah. I think their yep. splash signing will be a tight end, and here's why. I think they're going to release Jimmy Graham in the next couple weeks mm-hmm. for, for to free up $8 million in cap. I mean, That'll probably piss Aaron off a little bit because of how much he likes Jimmy. Um, but And I can see why some fans, I think it's the a very small minority who say, oh, keep him just because of what he did against the Seahawks. But that was the best game he had all season. He had three catches. But um, <laughs> he'll be gone, I'm assuming. And I just don't know, unless Jay Sternberger has the best offseason of all time, that he's ready to be a number one tight end that this offense needs to, to elevate it to contend with the 49ers. And I don't know if this draft – I mean, they have more pressing needs in the draft, and, and this draft isn't necessarily top-heavy on tight ends either. So maybe they take one in the later rounds. But with – I obviously think Kittle's going to resign with San Francisco. Ertz is going to resign with uh, Philadelphia or extension. I don't know their exact cases. Same with Kelsey. I think Austin Hooper and Eric Ebron are going to test the market. Hooper is obviously a, a great player. We had a really nice season for the Falcons. But Ebron, I think you might be able to get him for a little cheaper just because he didn't play that great this year. But don't forget, he tied Devontae Adams for second in the league two years ago behind only Antonio Brown with 13 receiving touchdowns. So I think if Goody wants to make a splash, and I understand they're more restricted financially than they were uh, this time last year, I think if they do make a splash in free agency, it's for Ebron at tight end. That's my bold prediction. I like it. I like the boldness. So, and he's kind only 26 of, years old. <laughs> kind of going back to draft talk. There's been a lot of, I think, banter on Twitter for even the last couple of years about the Packers' quarterback situation and what they should do. Do you think this is the year that they should draft a quarterback? And if so, when do you think that is the right move? Do I think they should? No. No. I think yes, they... yes. <laughs> Good call. I like that. Do I think there's a possibility they do? I think there's a very, very faint, slight possibility. And I, like I said, they have far more pressing needs than a quarterback that's going to sit behind Rodgers for potentially four or five more years. And if they're going to take a guy that they envision to be a starter in the near future, they need to take that guy in the first or second round if they're in love with a guy who falls to the second round. And that just will not happen this year, given their needs elsewhere. Because 
I really do think, and I think Goody thinks they're two, three players away from contending for a Super Bowl berth, and you're not going to bridge that gap if you take a quarterback. I pick, I When I did my first very early mock draft, I had Jalen Hurts going to the Packers in the third round. I think, I don't want to say he's a Taysom Hill type guy, but they he can be used as, as not just a quarterback. And if if Goody does think that Aaron only has three years left, maybe, then Hertz could be that guy, and that's a that's a high reward, low risk guy. Uh, if that doesn't work out, they could go draft a guy in the first round next year or the year after that to groom behind Rodgers. But I think it would be ignorant of them to completely ignore looking at their next quarterback right now. I think they'll give it their, its due respect and, and its due diligence. But in the end, I don't think it happens, and I think they should just stick with Tim Boyle this year. All right. I know a lot of us on this podcast were happy with that answer. So that, <laughs> I, I loved Steve's little celebration dance with that. But I was just curious because I think a lot of people have different opinions about it. So I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were about that. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going we're gonna to stay with draft stuff for a second. Actually, this, this one comes from Twitter. This is from at Oliver S underscore NFL. Uh, he says, what is the biggest need – for the Packers, and then you can say draft or free agency, but we're going to add on outside of wide receiver and inside linebacker. We all assume, and you just talk tight ends as well. So you know what, Matt? We're going to. I mean, you can say tight end. We'll say outside of wide receiver and inside linebacker. What are the Packers' uh, biggest need? Do you think this off season? Yeah, I think obviously this might be a little bit of a cop out, but it's obviously contingent on what happens in the next couple of weeks with Jimmy Graham, with Bulaga, with Jared Valdir, even. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bulaga gets more money elsewhere, and you know, who knows what Valdir decides to do. Even if he does return, he's in his mid-30s, and you can't guarantee on him giving you a full season of what he gave in two games this year. So I would have to say offensive tackle outside of inside linebacker and wide receiver. Um, I do think they'll extend Bakhtiari after next season, but in the case that doesn't happen, I think they need to um, really have their eye on the, the best possible offensive tackle that can play either side of the line, um, can be a swing tackle, or if they're not satisfied with moving Billy Turnover to right tackle, uh, in the instance Bulaga walks and Valdir retires, then have whoever they sign in free agency or draft start at right tackle from day one. Because I really, if I'm the Packers, I get the heebie-jeebies when I think about Alex Light starting at right tackle. I, they can't have that happen. So they they got to bring someone in. So I would say uh, a, a starting right tackle for the near future would be their biggest need. Yeah. Yeah. Right there with you. So they're not bringing Jason Spriggs back? Is that what you're telling me? You know, something tells me he's not going to keep the plan. He retired with the Packers this week, Steve. Where's your head? Oh, he did retire? <laughs> oh, I, I missed that, that one. Place. That's my bad. That's my fault. I missed that. Um, uh, one thing I want to know, you know, obviously the jump from year two, year three, those are always one of the biggest things where you see your draft class improve. Who do you think is going to make – the biggest jump from either year two or year three. Um, who's that guy that's going to be the the one that all of a sudden out of nowhere is just lights out for the Packers this year? I wouldn't say this is out of nowhere, but I think Jair Alexander. I mean, we saw a couple games last year where uh, he tried to make big plays but missed, namely against the Chargers, 
uh, and against the Cowboys when he kind of goes for that big play but ends up allowing a big play. Sure. Um, I talked to him a bunch of times about that this season and how he's just so anxious to make a big play, and he uh, has really matured, I think, o- over the season. Uh, we saw him make some unbelievable plays this season, but obviously uh, some of the luster of those were taken away by some of his miscues. I think with a, a third year under his belt, with Kevin King opposite him for a full season, assuming he stays as healthy as he did this past year, and he just turned 23 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. he's really, really young. I think Jair is a guy that we could – he told me right after the Pro Bowl roster came out, he said, I should have made the Pro Bowl over some of those guys. And it was Marshawn Lattimore, Darius Slay, Richard Sherman, and who's the fourth NFC cornerback to make the Pro Bowl? Oh, it's slipping my mind. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> but regardless, <laughs> he felt he was very deserving of – making the Pro Bowl, and I, I think next year he has a real shot at that. And I'm going to interrupt whoever's asking the next question once I think of that fourth cornerback. <laughs> well, I know you talked about the snow and how that really sucked when you were in Green Bay, but I'm curious if you have any – I've seen a lot of Packers reporters over the years tweet about some horror stories when they fly to away games with flights <laughs> getting delayed and things like that. So I'm just curious if you had – a ter- not a terrible experience because I hope you didn't. But if you had a crazy away game story or experience that you'd be open to sharing, Jalen Ramsey was the fourth one, by the way. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't really have a, a bad one. I, I really, int- I, I had a fear that I wasn't going to be able to make it to the NFC Championship game in time because of how bad the weather was. I mean, <laughs> it took me a long. That was the worst conditions I've ever. Those were the worst conditions I've ever driven in. Uh, from downtown Green Bay to Appleton, and then our flight was delayed a couple hours, and we barely made our connection in Chicago. Wow. Um, there wasn't. I, ha- I hate to interrupt, but I I would be really pissed off if I was Jair Alexander because uh, Kyle Fuller replaced Ramsey and Xavier Rhodes replaced yeah, Sherman. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah, he should, he should be pissed off. Yeah. It's a name thing. Like, I I covered... For sure. When I was covering the Raiders, Derek Carr was, like, the eighth alternate, and he made the Pro Bowl. It's like... (laughs) But, um, yeah, I I forgot about that. I I totally agree with you. Um, There was... The only real horror story I had was... And this wasn't even really a horror story. On the way back from the Cowboys game, I showed up late to the airport for my 6 a.m. flight, and, you know, I got a little cocky. (laughs) <laughs> my ticket wasn't printing out at the kiosk, so I had to get in line. I missed my flight, and the next flight was 10 hours later oh. to, to uh, <laughs> Detroit. I was connecting in Detroit, and I was the last person. I went on standby for a flight that was an hour later, and I was the last person to get on on standby, Jeez. so I avoided disaster. So that was probably the biggest you know, lump in my stomach I had during any travel experience this year. We're going to get serious here for a second, Matt. This comes from uh, Michael underscore Clink on Twitter. Um, does does fellow athletic writer Jason Wildy boss you around? No, Jason. I mean, I'll give a serious answer here. <laughs> Jason DM'd me even before I got to Green Bay and was like, anything you need, just let me know. Obviously, I knew he hadn't written for the athletic yet, so and I knew I know he's still you know on a 
technically on a freelance basis because he writes probably once a week. But he's been incredible, you know, just bouncing story ideas off. It's good to have someone in my corner who's, you know, has all the institutional knowledge, who has obviously, as everyone on Packers Twitter knows, a good relationship with the starting quarterback. Um, and he's been really helpful uh just me bouncing ideas off him. If I have to, you know, put in a story uh, context about a former Packer or talk about a, a prior season, it makes it harder for me because I wasn't there. I can sure I can look at a box score, but it helps to have some context. So sure. he's been fantastic with that. Uh, fantastic with just telling me if a story idea could fit the theme of what this franchise has been through or, or not. And I, I, I have nothing bad to say about how he's been as a as a colleague and a partner on the beat this year. So I, I've i known Jason for a long time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, did you hear the story about how he became a vegetarian? I didn't know he was a vegetarian. Oh, uh, so it was about two, I believe it was two drafts ago, <laughs> where he was on his way to Lambeau, and all of a sudden he saw a cow sitting next to him like he was at a red light and all of a sudden he looked over and there was a cow next to him and he like locked eyes with this cow uh-huh. and after that he's like i can't eat meat anymore i just can't he's like that i like i can't eat meat anymore he saw the cow he's like i'm done for so um i'm gonna hold you to it i need i need another jason story that uh does not put him in a in a positive light let me see. <laughs> Come on, you you've got one. I know you've got one because I've, I've I seen you. I've seen you like chipping things into like toilets. Like, <laughs> like, like, come on, man. There, there's a story me. there. I know. That was Jason. just me and Rob. I I like to bust Rob's balls because he's the best golfer on the beat. I don't really golf, but I w- I beat him in that chipping challenge because that's, that's putting green that he has in his office. I you know <laughs> I've only this is a, another cop out answer, but I really don't have. You know, I haven't really been out with him because he doesn't travel on on the road. Sure. sure. Um, if you get Domovsky on here, he could probably do a whole hour of of embarrassing Jason Wildey stories. Well, then then we'll put this on you. This is your homework assignment. You need to get Domovsky on for us. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I, I, cool. I will get him. Cool. To do that. Very cool. I- <laughs> That, that, then I will let you out of your answer for that. Just, you don't, you don't, Matt, you don't have to do it. He just wants dirt. He wants dirt real, real bad. That's all this is about, man. While so what, we're I, on, what I do. While yeah. we're on the topic of him, I'm going to cut you in line for questions, Steve, because this is my last question. I really just want to know the backstory about um, him holding up the Bob sign for Aaron Rodgers oh, and yeah. all of that. Because when I saw those videos, I was dying laughing. So I just want to know more about that. It was really funny. So I think it started early this year when, you know, I, everyone knows Aaron Rodgers reads everything. You know, a lot of athletes are like, oh, you know, I don't pay attention to what you guys read and, you know, some, or what you guys write. And some athletes get things sent to them by their family and friends. Rogers reads it himself. He's very in tune, very media savvy. And it was one day where he, we were asking him about the play calling wristband he wore on his wrist and how he had never done that before. And he was talking about it. And it was the week that Bob McGinn and Rob Domovsky had both written about that and like the past history of Aaron not wearing it. And at his locker, when he was asked about it the following week, Aaron said, you know, I know Bob wrote about that. I saw that earlier this week and then went on with his answer. And we didn't know if he was talking about Bob McGinn or, or Rob Domofsky. 
and Rob was like, no, he's never called me Bob before. I don't know why he would do that. <laughs> so Rob asked Aaron, I was like, who are you talking about? Were you talking about McGinn or me? And Aaron said I was talking about you. And he was like, why are you calling me Bob? And, <laughs> and Rob does not like being called Bob. He says he's not a Bob. And Aaron would keep on doing it. Like Rob never explicitly told him that he didn't like it, but Aaron could sense it. So he kept saying Bob. And then for his Friday, uh, yeah, it was the Friday press conference before the NFC Championship game. I don't think it was my idea. I think it was a collaborative idea between me and Wilby to say, put this sign on the back of your computer, I'm not a Bob. And it was a price. I mean, I know I posted the video. You guys have seen the video. The double take he does is priceless. And Rob, I mean, we said, Rob, you have to ask the first question. And in that whole scenario, the most impressive thing was Rob's ability to keep a straight face throughout the entire – and I know he wasn't on the video, but he kept a straight face throughout the entire question. And then Aaron uh, kind of like tips his hat, does the double take, and he starts laughing. So it was just really fun. And I guarantee you he's going to keep calling him Bob next season. <laughs> oh, that was so good. Just the, dub- the double take was really what oh, was You could tell that he really leaned in to read what the sign said and everything. Yeah. Because it wasn't that thick of a marker. He had to – that was like his third piece of paper that he used because on the first two, it, it wasn't like bold enough. So he wanted to make sure Aaron could see it. Awesome. That's awesome. Fantastic. All right. I think, uh, I think this is our last question. This is our last question. Um, so which is kind of open-ended, man. Uh, what boldest Packers prediction for 2020? What you got, man? I made a pretty bold one in a story I wrote a couple days ago. Like, I, I had 20 predictions for 2020, and I don't think this is that realistic, but part of my job is to root for the story rather than the team, technically, mm-hmm. um, and this would be a phenomenal story. I said, and I'll stick to this, the Packers, and I want this clipped for when this happens late in the season, the Packers defeat Mike McCarthy at Lambeau Field in the NFC Championship game. And then they lose to the Teddy Bridgewater-led New England Patriots oh, in the know. Super Bowl. The, the, so, you, you can take that part so out. So when, yeah, when, when I clip it, I'm just cutting that part out. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater's not going to go to the Patriots. Tom Brady's going to stay with the Patriots. They won't make the Super Bowl. I, I, I'm just saying... A block away from the street sign that bears his name, Mike McCarthy will fall victim to a vintage Aaron Rodgers performance in the NFC Championship game in January of 2021. I may have missed this. Is this is this taking place? Is this in Dallas or is this in Green Bay? No, this is in Green Bay because okay. here here's how it's going to happen. So Green Bay is going to get the three seed. They're going to go 11 and five next year, win the division on a tiebreaker with Minnesota. You know, just because. I don't think they'll get as lucky with their health this year, and I think some of those one-score games that pretty much all of them went their way this year, let's say two of them don't go their way. So yeah. I say 11-5, and five, win the tiebreaker over Minnesota based on division record. I'll go Saints 1, 49ers 2, Packers 3, Cowboys 4, Vikings 5, Eagles 6. Packers beat the Eagles at home in round one. Uh, Cowboys beat the Vikings. Cowboys upset the Saints in New Orleans, Packers upset the 49ers in Santa Clara, Packers beat the Cowboys at Lambeau for a trip to the Super Bowl. So you don't see any 49ers hangover? Um, I don't think so. I think they're too talented. I think their biggest hindrance is Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think he's good enough to get them 
you know, sure. as far as they got this year. But I think fourth time will be the charm. I do think the Packers will lose. I'm assuming the game will be week one, uh, Packers at 49ers this year. I think they'll lose that, and everyone will be like, oh, no, 0-1, oh, they can't figure out the 49ers. And then fourth time's the charm. I think they come back and beat them in the playoffs. Hmm. I, all up into the Super Bowl thing, um, I'm right there with you. Right there with you, man. I, I, I don't. It. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit it out. I'll just edit it out. Be a big blank spot there. That's cool. We'll just make him eat a whole bunch of uh, most stuff Oreo. Don't ever. Don't, have, don't no. have anyone do that ever again, Steve. That's. I still. That was last night. I still feel terrible about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel great right Sarah, now. Sarah. Sarah clearly doesn't have a whole lot of color in her face as a result, Steve. Of you. <laughs> you. You did see the videos, right, Matt? I, I haven't not, posted no. mine yet. Oh. I've, I've been off Twitter the past couple of days. So we we did a season-long prediction of the Packers' uh, scores, who would win, who would lose, uh-huh. and uh, clearly I am the winner of all of this. So Dusty and Sarah both had to eat the most stuffed Oreos. Oh. So there's going to be video. There, there's videos. It's making uh, me nauseous just thinking about I it. Really I had to eat three last night. Yeah, I, had I, eat, I need I a eat drink threes. to wash that down. Three's, three's too much. Like, three's the limit, and even Delta. that I feel terrible about. So, Dusty, um, yeah, Dusty ate three, and now Sarah has to eat five. Yeah, in and the we're, video we're just that waiting I made, on the video. Yeah, and I already made the video. I'm going to post it when the podcast gets posted. But I only ate three in the video, and I plan on eating the other two later in the week because I seriously was like, I'm going to throw up if I keep eating yeah. more. <laughs> like, I can't. Those, those things are a problem. That's, yeah. God, God never intended that. You know, that's, <laughs> no, that's too not. far. It's too far. So, it, yeah, it upsets me, but it's but over, You so. do need to go, just go check out Add Dusty Evely, and he put oh, out a... I'll go look at it right he now. He put out, like, a 1950s video of him eating. It, it's outstanding. It's, 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 <laughs> it's the dumbest thing you've ever seen. It is no, it's so remarkably, remarkably dumb. <laughs> I'm going to go take a look at that right now. <laughs> All right, well, Steve, Dusty, do you guys have any final thoughts before we close it off? The only final thought I have has nothing to do with football. Um, there's a there's a magazine. It's it's February, guys. I don't know if you know this. February is Women in Horror Month. It's celebrating women in horror. Uh, there is a magazine. It's called Grim Magazine. If you go to, I think it's anatomyofascreen.com, they have a free magazine. Uh, you could well, it's for you can buy the publication. The PDF is free. The latest one just came out last week. Uh, and it's amazing. Grim Magazine, a friend of mine wrote an article on there on uh, this, the symbolism in a short film called Father's Day. That's one of the best things I've ever read. Uh, so if you are into horror and want to support women in horror, just uh, Grim Magazine. It's anatomyofascream.com. Nothing to do with football, but it's amazing. Okay. Um, uh, number one, I am all about Bears Twitter freaking out that they might trade Khalil Mack. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Really? I, I haven't seen that. Yet. I have not. Oh, seen that really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As of like yesterday, right, Steve? Like it's a very yeah. recent thing. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a guy. He's got a check mark, but he's been throwing out some random ass stuff. I'm not gonna lie. Like, but but it's still. He says that they're looking for what is it? Like two first round picks, two second round picks. Like they're like an exorbitant amount for him, which is fair. He's a really good player, but still. Um, I'm all about it because Bears fans are freaking out. So it's a lot of fun to watch that. Uh, number two, I was at a uh, work conference today. So 
had a lot of fun, and there was a speaker today who was talking about the number of emails that you have on your phone, and oh my God, there were people that that admitted out loud <laughs> that they had anywhere between 20,000 and 44,000 nah. unopened emails nah. on their phone. That, no. that won't cut it. No. Um, my brain itches. Like, I... I Please, for, for me, just just check them off. Like, like, oh, hey, it's open. It's open. It's open. Like, it, it, it blows my mind that there's that many emails on your phone, text messages, whatever. So this is just a overall for everybody in the world. Check your emails. I, I can never go without checking off all my emails. I have pretty bad OCD, so I can never have... Even if I know it's a useless email from my bank or something, yeah, and I Don't know, care. I like the, even it. if there's uh, just a one, I need to check it off. Yep, me too. I'm the exact same way. Mm-hmm. I knew I liked you, Matt. Forty-four thousand. <laughs> that's like if you have that many, it's like it's like the old thing where like if you you move and you have boxes, you haven't opened them for two years, you just burn them because oh, you know right. you're not going to need yeah. anything other. Just delete yeah. your emails past a certain point because you're never going to look at them if it gets if it gets past a certain point. Like, but it was a competition of like who has who has the most emails, and it's like twenty. Like it started at like twenty thousand. I'm like, oh my god, who has twenty thousand? And then it just kept going and going, and then eighty. Like I've got forty four thousand. I'm like, oh. forty eight thousand going once, going twice. Oh yeah, the, my god. Like, Somebody give me like the 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 back scratcher. I'm like I'm gonna throw it in my ear and scratch my brain. The, the winner the winner of that competition the winner should just get fired from their job. Their their, <laughs> their reward is a pink slip. That's what they she she got a book about how you need to be very present online and like basically it just shamed her. It was yeah. The winner of that that contest gets an episode of Hoarders. That is <laughs> not, not a winner. That's basically what. It was. That is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I I don't go, like, very long. It'll be a few hours that I haven't checked my email. If it's my personal email, my work email, I'm on, like, 24-7. And then if, like you guys were saying, if I see something and it's, like, five, I'm like, nope, nope, that's too much. I have to, <laughs> I have to go and delete it. So very interesting. All right. Well, that should wrap it up for the Wednesday edition. Matt, thanks again for joining us. This was great. And I'm sure as we get closer to the season and training camp and everything, we'll probably hit you up and try to get you back on our show because it's always so much fun when you're here. And um, like I said before, you've been doing a great job. So I know everyone's going to enjoy listening to this one. Um, So uh, make sure to follow Matt if you don't already on Twitter at Matt Schneidman. And then as always, you can follow me at Sarah Kelleher 4. You can follow Stephen Dusty at Dusty Easley and at Steve Perhatch. And as always, don't forget to, if you don't already follow the Pack-A-Day podcast as well. So that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. And as always, go Pack Go! Hi, this is Nick Schmitz, one of the hosts of a -A Pack-A-Day podcast. Since you're a fan of the Green Bay Packers, you are probably a fan of Friday Night Fish Fries. It's a staple of Wisconsin heritage, and we want to let you know how you can support Friday Night Fish Fries. You can do this through supporting The Farmery. The Farmery is a non-profit aquaponics farm and fish hatchery, and they are excited to launch their state-of-the-art yellow perch fish hatchery in downtown Green Bay. The hatchery will produce fish that aquaculture farmers can grow out and produce for your family's Friday Night Fish Fries. 
In partnership with the Green Bay Packers and the Greater Green Bay Community Foundation, the Farmery has been selected to receive matching funds as part of Give Big Green Bay, a 24-hour online giving event designed to rally the community around local nonprofits. From noon on Tuesday, February 18th through noon on Wednesday, February 19th, you can make your donation to the Farmery at www.givebiggreenbay.org. The Green Bay Packers and the Greater Green Bay Community Foundation will match every donation, which will provide high-quality learning experiences such as internships, job shadowing experiences, field trips, and community tours of the new facility. Donate online at www.givebiggreenbay.org and search The Farmery. class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.